everyone welcome to the career matters podcast this is your host nasar ahmed if you're joining us for the very first time what we do here on our show is we focus on career advice for job seekers and freelancers and every episode i bring on guests who share their story share some ideas essentially actionable insights that you can apply today to help you find your next job or your dream job and this is episode 108 108 of the career matters podcast and this episode is part of the career expert series our expert guest today is nick j murphy nick j murphy is the host of the job lab podcast and also the founder of mid america careers he's a former professional athlete experienced hr tech entrepreneur father of five speaker and a frequent media contributor on topics related to jobs and careers fox business usa today the wall street journal yahoo business insider hr.com and many other national outlets have featured his insights prior to becoming an entrepreneur nick's corporate experience included award winning 10 years at three of the world's largest job sites career builder monster and indeed.com so definitely someone who knows the industry inside out and we'll be learning a lot from uh, more about nick and his uh, and some of his ideas as well as we go along in the interview hey nick welcome to the podcast thanks for having me great to be here So I know I read a brief overview of yourself. I I'm really curious. I mean, you had a very strong successful tenure at uh, job sites, careerbuildermonsterindeed.com. First of all, I'm I'm just curious what drew you to that niche in that in that industry? Was it something that you started right out of college or was it something that you're drawn towards? I think like so many people it's something that I somewhat fell into. I as I was getting done playing in the NFL, I was 26 and I I went through the the job seeker experience for the first time as a transitioning athlete and someone who had a bachelor's degree who had some experience but on paper I didn't have a traditional internship. Uh, when I was playing college football, I I had been spending the first 4 years of my professional career, you know, punning a piece of inflated pig leather like it's it's not very transferable. So I kind of fell into the space because I I realized how broken the process was. Went to start a video resume company back in 2006, raised some money, went out and did that, and I think that was really kind of what forwarded me into the space. Learned a lot there, had some successes, some some failures obviously as a 26-year-old entrepreneur with no business experience might have, but learned a ton about talent acquisition, job seeking behavior, how companies hire, what people want and where the disconnects were. Took that to Career Builder Monster and indeed and had a lot of success there and just you know I'm an entrepreneur at heart so going out on my own and and building my own job site uh, with Mid-America Careers was was certainly something that was going to happen eventually it was just really a matter of of when and what path that took so I'm curious about the transition I mean these job sites I mean these are global brands everyone around the world know who they are careerbuildermonsterandy.com seems like based on your answer you had a successful tenure there what made you jump was is the entrepreneurial mindset that drew you towards starting mid america careers or you want you noticed there was a niche in the market that you wanted to get into a little bit of both i think the other one it's the former first and foremost i'm just not someone who was ever going to be happy working for someone else i and some listeners might relate to this i i could get excited about an opportunity 
And then three to four months into it, I would have poked holes in, in the business or in the way things were done. And, and I want to solve those problems and do things outside the box. And that's not always possible in corporate environments, especially large companies. So, you know, it was just a matter of time before I, I went out and did something on my own. And then I saw an opportunity uh, living here in the Midwest, United States. No one had tried to wrap their arms around the region as a whole and move the Midwest forward. Um, and so that's what we want to do with Mid-America Careers. And that's what we've been focused on the last year and a half, two years. Then you started the Job Lab podcast where you do interviews. You also talk about career advice. And I mean, what was your motivation behind that? What drew you towards starting a podcast? Oh, good question. I mean, my coach uh, that I, I work with just challenged me. He said, you know, who are you serving? Like every single day, sure, you sell job advertising. And yeah, indirectly, you might help people find jobs and, and some companies are going to feel the need. But like if you got hit by a truck, there's a million places that they could go advertise. But what are you doing to make a difference? What are you doing to share what you've learned and, and really help people move the needle in their careers, professionally and personally? And I, 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 that kind of hit me. And I said, you know, I do know a lot about how the back end of HR works, about how companies go about sourcing and hiring candidates, understanding a lot of the gaps and things that, that just the layman doesn't necessarily get. And so you, I wanted to create the podcast in order to, A, get outside of just the Midwest because a lot of this knowledge is valuable globally, certain in any Western economy, it's relevant. Um, and also just from a, from a personal brand standpoint and to share what I know with people that can benefit from it. At the end of the day, it's who can I help close the gap between where they are and where they want to be in their career. And that's what the podcast is all about. So you started in 2006 and now here 12 years later, I think your experience is unique. You worked at job sites, you have a company, America Careers and the podcast. So you have seen a lot of changes in the marketplace. So I wanted to start off by asking this question. What has changed in your experience? How has job search changed in the last 10 years or even the last few years? I mean, programmatic advertising is, is kind of king now and some companies are getting very fancy with day parting and, and doing things and programmatic for job seekers out there that don't understand it. It's essentially dynamically and programmatically bidding on content at the right time at the right place. So think AdWords, but for job postings across a whole bunch of different job sites. So that I think from a technology standpoint has really changed the job board industry and, and how job advertising is done. I also think there's people were finally landing and whether it's millennials or not, that impact is being heard in the market about what job seekers are missing from, from their lives and their careers and both work-life balance, fulfillment, sense of purpose, meaning, flexibility, remote work environments, all those things are being demanded by the best talent. And I think companies are, are starting to finally try to catch up to those things. And so it's a fascinating space. And on both sides of the fence, there's, there's lots of change. The future is fraught with more change. So it's, it's an exciting space. So you're saying that in the past, the way candidates used to apply, they used to apply on a multiple, I remember even 2005 when I first started looking for jobs, there were so many different sites, but now it is narrowed down. Um, I mean, in my experience, what I see is LinkedIn and Indeed are the top ones and Glassdoor is emerging. So has that been affected because of programmatic advertising? There's just been a lot of consolidation. I mean, Glassdoor was just acquired by Recruit, which is the parent company of Indeed. Uh, they also bought up Simply Hired you know, a couple of years ago. Indeed's bought by Microsoft. CareerBuilder just got bought by a private equity company. Monster's part of Ronstadt. So, I mean, these, these job sites are getting swallowed up by either holding companies, PE, or you know, in LinkedIn's case, Microsoft, which I think is the most potentially interesting play to see 
what Microsoft's interest is in the user data and how they're going to create software products off of off of LinkedIn. So there's a lot changing, I think, for for the job seeker. It's just it's a lot of noise, and I don't know that it really fundamentally changes the basics of how to go about finding a career that makes you happy. There's some tactical things that just aren't going to change, and there's ways to play that game. Understanding the technology certainly helps you play the game better when you're looking to, to apply and get noticed. But outside of that, I think a lot of it's just kind of industry noise that you know job advertising geeks like me pay attention to, but most people don't necessarily even need to know about. One of the things that you mentioned is the uh, tactical side of it. That obviously has changed, as you mentioned. So let's talk about that. Like uh, in today's environment, what are some of the things that job seekers need to be aware of before they, you know, before they prepare a new resume and start applying? How should they do things differently on a tactical level? I think it starts with what you want and being very clear on what your intentions are. I think the the spray and pray method of applying anywhere you can and using tools like one click apply or you know sites that will promote hey you applied to this job here's 40 more you know apply with one click you've got to customize your cover letter you've got to customize your resume for opportunities and once you've applied you or before you apply depending on your situation you need to reach out and see who you know that can get the attention of a hiring manager and make sure that you get the feedback you need to see if you're in that game or in that mix in the first place uh, but I think you know the one part about technology changing that applies to job seekers is the way that these resumes are filtered, I guess, in the channels and in the, the systems that recruiters use, if you're not pulling keywords out of job descriptions that you really want to attract the right recruiters or get the attention of the right companies, and you're not taking those keywords and putting them into your resume and talking about them in your cover letter and, and personalizing that resume experience for that hiring manager, you're really doing yourself a disservice. So there's a lot more work involved, a lot more strategy and focus involved than there once was. But that's a good thing if you're willing to put in the work and an even better thing when you realize that 90% of the talent competition that you have out there for those jobs isn't going to put in that work. It's very interesting you say that because I'm thinking back when I first started looking for a job in 2005, and this advice was still there. Personalize your cover letter. Do not apply to every job. Do not spray and pray. Even now, people are still doing that. And you just mentioned 90% of the people are still doing that. And so... Sounds like there is a lot of competition, but if you're doing things right and you're doing the right things as you're mentioning, then there isn't much competition for the solid candidate. Yeah, I mean, it's a tight labor market, right? So unemployment's low. If you want a job and you have skills, chances are you can find one. Finding what's fulfilling and finding what fits you right now is, I think, the biggest challenge that people are facing. It's not, can I earn a living? Can I make a paycheck? It's, is this enough? Is this what I want to spend my time doing? Is it going to move me down the path towards what I've envisioned for my career and the impact I can make? And obviously the income and the lifestyle that you want to live as well. So, you know, a lot of it hasn't changed. It's just become more and more important because the technology that recruiters are using is more and more sophisticated and people that are not doing those things now are basically being bypassed and ignored algorithmically and through the technology. So a human being isn't even seeing that stuff a lot of times. Sounds good. No, that that's totally true. I think that's a word of encouragement for all job seekers out there. The market has changed compared to many years ago where you needed to get a job. Now you have options. Now you can get jobs that you, you, you are in control. You can try to find the jobs that are that fit who you, uh, what type of career you want to be. And that's, that's like a big focus right now. That's a, I see that as a shift every day on LinkedIn. I see similar articles 
to the point even people are ghosting at work, meaning candidates apply jobs, then they don't show up because there's so much, so many opportunities for them, for the good candidates at least. Yeah, and in certain industries, I mean, if you're a, a nurse, for example, you could quit your job at breakfast and have two offers by lunch. I mean, there, there are markets that are just that competitive. And so, you know, ghosting your employer is not good. The world's small. You don't want to burn relationships. But if you're an employer out there in this labor market, you've got to understand that saying I'm going to pay you and if you don't want this job, somebody else will. I mean, that's just not good enough anymore. It's a two-way street and employees will give their all to companies that understand their motivation. And, and get past the, can you check these boxes from a skill standpoint and really align where they are and what they want, obviously with what they can do and then what the company is able to do for them on those personal and, and really career development kind of paths. That's where a lot of job seekers are, are leaving companies. It's not that their job's terrible and they hate it. It's that it's not meeting other needs that they have and other companies are positioning that better in their messaging and in their employment brand. And they're able to poach that talent. So going back to the tactical conversation we were having a few, few minutes back, you mentioned one of the things that candidates should do is the keyword, making sure that they understand the job description properly, using those keywords in resume. What are the recommendations can you suggest for job seekers today? The most basic one, and it's going to sound super simple, is just figure out what it is that you want. I mean, a, a good exercise is to think through what is it like list it out? What do you like about your current job? What's your favorite thing? What's your least favorite thing? And go back across your, your kind of tenure at different companies and write that stuff out. You might think you know it, but when you write it out, you're able to identify trends and say, okay, you know, all these companies have had this thing and that must be why I've been there, but they are all missing this. And so that's probably why I'm feeling this way. Now, as I look for other opportunities, I'm going to make darn sure that I vet those opportunities against filling this one need. And maybe it's flexibility. I think flexible work environments, being able to work from home occasionally, allowing for remote work in this gig economy and this global workforce is something that a lot of talented people, when they demand their next opportunity, allow them to have some flexibility and some work-life balance with a physical location. They're typically getting it if you're a good fit. So thinking through what you want, what's been missing. And then the other part is from a networking standpoint, don't just think about who you know that has a job or works for a company. Think about who you know they can introduce you to people and get really, really clear and really good at how to ask someone and be very specific. A lot of times I think job seekers will go out and say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm open to opportunities. If you hear of somebody you know, hiring, let me know and think that that's good enough. And it's, it's not. You've got to be very specific. You've got to be able to coach your network of influencers on what you're looking for, who a good person to introduce you to might be. And people that you don't expect will introduce you to opportunities quickly that you didn't even know they had in their network. That's actually a fresh take. I want to paraphrase what he just said. It's not about who you know, but it's about who you know that can introduce you. That's actually a different take than... The last, I mean, I'll give you an example. The last, I, I got that information from a coach of mine and the last corporate gig I had was at a startup and I said, I don't know what I want to do. I know it's not this. And, and I kind of was in that same place and it was, this is a huge aha for me. And she told me, she's like, basically what I just said, right? Be specific on what you want. Tell people exactly who you're looking to be introduced to and then put it out there to, to your network, to people that you know care about you, that you trust, that will do what they can if, if they happen to know someone. But make it easy for them to make that introduction. And I did that. And my old sports psychologist from college, who now speaks to you know, major sales teams, I had a phone interview 
at Salesforce, at CNA Industries, and at Oracle in the span of three days from this one guy who I never in a million years would have thought of as someone who could introduce me to companies that are hiring because he's a psychologist and an entrepreneur. I, I had no idea he had that kind of power in his network. So don't discount anybody. And when you're looking at networking and you're asking for favors, make it easy, be specific, and think outside the box. It's not about who can do something for you directly. It's who will go the extra mile if they understand what you need to, to think through their network and introduce you to those people. That's actually a great example. And uh, yeah, I was going to ask for a personal, like some type of a story. And I always like, it's always great when you hear a concept and there's an actual story to back it up. It just makes it more, cements that idea. So of all the things you have said recently, like one common thread that comes to my mind is clarity. Be clear on what you want, what you don't want then be clear, even when it comes to the networking tip you said, it's about having strong clarity. And I think that's something most people struggle with, right? Especially young professionals, new graduates, they're just starting their careers. There's so many options. And, but once they're clear, they're able to then forge that path that they, they've always wanted. Yeah, we get reactive. You know, we're, we're unhappy at work. We have a bad day or a bad week. And we're like, screw this, I'm over it. And you go home and you, you reach out to people and you think, you know, I'm an account executive. I need to find another account executive job. And you jump on Indeed and you, you click around. And then what ends up happening if you're not taking that step back and really doing kind of the exercise I talked through earlier about writing down what you've liked and don't like is you end up five, six months down the road with a different logo on your paycheck and the exact same problem. So if you're running from something, it's really important that you understand what that is that you're running from and that you have that clarity I think that's a great word for it on what it is that you want, why that's impactful to you. And then when you have that clarity, it's really easy to do the other part of it, which is make asks to people specifically for the types of companies. I mean, size of company, where they are. Do you, do you want to work at Oracle with 60,000 people or do you want to make an impact at a smaller company with maybe hundred to 200 that has some VC backing? What is it that you want? Like what kind of lifestyle, what kind of culture is going to fit you and, and having clarity on, what you're good at, what you're not, what you care about, and prioritize those must-haves as a much better way to go about finding a job than saying, my job title is this now, and I guess I'll look for those at someplace else because I don't like it anymore here. Uh -huh. No, that is, that is so true because I've been guilty of doing that myself. I, there was a point a few years ago where I was just jumping from one to another and it is essentially escaping from one to another. And one job to next, exactly the same thing you mentioned. The title was the same, logo changed, but then when it's, I started asking what is important to me, that's when things started changing. So yeah, that's definitely true. I can personally say that has happened to me. Once you get clear, it just makes work more fun and it adds some meaning to your work no matter what you do. Yeah, I mean, work is basically maybe not the most important, but it's one of the most important relationships we have with anything. You know, And if you were choosing a life partner or a spouse or somebody you wanted to date long-term, you wouldn't just say, does it check these two basic boxes and I'll just go with it? Or are you going to be specific and understand, you know, do your goals and values align? Are you in the same kind of place in your life or are they going to help you and you're going to help them? It's, it's not all that different in the corporate world. I think we just need to, to peel back the layers, take some steps back and look at the 30,000 foot overview and say, here's kind of where I'm trending. Here are the reasons that, here are the similarities in my unhappiness. And how do I disrupt that, change my perspective? And, and then, you know, the tactical part of my podcast are examples like that, you know, do this instead, but you've got you've to go get that clarity and think about what matters most to you right now in order to, to really move that needle. 
Like we, we've got a lot of good ideas, uh, some fresh ideas in our interview. We are coming towards the end. So I wanted to ask you before we leave, before we wrap up, any final words that you would like to share with our audience? Oh man. I mean, I'm full of words and random advice and things like that on my show. So I'd, I'd encourage you to check that out if this has been valuable. But I think more than anything, I'm big on that clarity and, and the mindset and understanding that you only have one shot at a career. And to me, I've always been 100% more afraid of regret than I have been a failure. And so if you're trudging along because you think, well, I went to school for this, I can't, can't go back now, or I just got here and I, I know I'm miserable, but I have to stick it out because I haven't earned the right to leave yet. I, I would just encourage you to challenge those beliefs and, and think about, you know, you only have one shot and no one is going to take care of your career more than you are. And so if you're willing to kind of put it, put it on the back burner for someone else or to not ruffle feathers or to appease, you know, your parents or, or whoever is giving you advice, typically bad career advice. You know, I, I think you really need to think long and hard about the impact of the choices that you make and that realize that there's no better time to, to take action, even small action today to, to change your, your trajectory if you're not happy. That's an amazing advice. I think, I mean, <laughs> I think you really nailed it. There are many things you said, but one thing that stood out for me is you are afraid of regrets and failure. And that, that's how people should live. And uh, yeah, this is, that, that is amazing. I'll make sure to include all your uh, company resources and links to the show notes when this goes live. Nick, thanks for joining us. It was great. Uh, and thanks once again for sharing your ideas. Thanks. It's been great being here. Thanks everyone for listening to yet another episode of the Career Medis podcast. I have written a brief summary of the interview with uh, links to the resources that Nick has mentioned. If you enjoyed this episode and also learned something new, feel free to post a comment or review. And if you really loved it, definitely go ahead and share this amongst your network. Until next time, this is Nisar Ahmad, your host for the Career Medis podcast. Thank you. 